I love this series too so much. It's one of my favorite series that we do all year, and it's called At the Movies. And as a matter of fact, over the next few weeks, uh, we're going to look at a few, a few movies together. Last Sunday, we looked at Wonder. Today, we're going to look at uh, Hidden Figures. And next Sunday, we'll look at Wonder Woman. Just a shout out to all the moms. Come on now. And then on the fourth Sunday, we'll look at Toy Story. That fourth Sunday is a really big Sunday. We're calling it Sunday Fun Day. Sunday Fun Day is Go Church's version of Friends and Family Day. It's the perfect day, the best day to invite somebody, especially those who aren't connected to church, that might have been hurt by the church, that uh, are turned off by faith or religion. We're pulling out all the stops on this fourth week for Toy Story. We're doing that theme because we're hoping to draw families. So if you know uh, people with children, it's a great day for them to come as well. We're really excited. That's September the 29th. So we want you to come and want you to be a part. Now you might be wondering, well, what is at the movies? And although it may make a little sense, I'll tell you exactly what we do. All month long, we're looking at some of Blockbuster's biggest films, some movies. We're pulling clips from those movies, and then we're learning from them some spiritual lessons, some spiritual truths. And you might be thinking, well, that's different. Actually, it's, it's very similar to how Jesus would have taught when he walked on the earth. Jesus taught in parables. And a parable is just a short story that was used to illustrate a spiritual lesson or a spiritual truth. And there's a part of me that thinks if Jesus were walking on the earth today, he too might use some movies to grab the attention of individuals. Because you and I, we are able to remember a powerful emotional story. And so that's what we're doing in this series. We're looking at a few different movies. We're pulling clips. And then we're going to use those clips to tell the greatest story ever told. How many of you know this is the greatest story ever told? Come on now. And so I hope that you enjoy this series as much as I do. Did you enjoy last Sunday with the movie Wonder? Okay, well, I hope that you'll be with us all month long. And if you're ready, I'm ready. I'm excited to introduce to you an incredibly true story called Hidden Figures by Show of Hands. How many of you have seen the movie? Ah, oh, that's a lot of you. Hands down. How many of you have not seen the movie? This is going to be another spoiler Sunday for you because I'm going to show you the movie. Sit back, relax, enjoy week number two of At the Movies with Hidden Figures. wonder sometimes. Here goes. Yeah. It's the starter. That is definitely the starter. The starter is starting to make us late. We all gonna end up unemployed riding around in this pile of junk to work every day. Well, you're welcome to walk the 16 miles. Or I'll sit in the back of the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do neither. I'll hitchhike. Girls. No crime in a broken down car. No crime being Negro, neither. Button it up, Mary. Nobody wants to go to jail behind your mouth. I'll do my best, shooter. Not 
Not a great place for three of y'all be having car trouble. We didn't pick the place, officer. It picked us. You being disrespectful? No, sir. You have identification on me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're just on our way to work at Langley. NASA, sir. We do a great deal of the calculating. Getting our rockets into space. All three of you? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. Yes, officer. NASA? That's something. I had no idea they hired. There are quite a few women working in the space program. Hard being of service is broken down on the side of the road, though. Right, right. Uh, what, y'all need a tow or something? No, thank you, officer. I, I think I gotta just give me my... Just need to bypass the starter. <laughs> She's good at this stuff. Woo! That a girl. We're all set. The least I can do is give y'all an escort. I imagine you're running late to work. Oh, no, so we wouldn't want to bother that you. That would be wonderful, officer. Thank you so much, sir. Follow me. I'm driving. Hurry up, George, Thank before you. he changes his mind. We're coming. Hold your horses. Look at here. Can you move like this? Get me up. you where to begin. Three Negro women are chasing a white police officer down the highway in Hampton, Virginia, 1961. Ladies, that there is a God-ordained miracle. <laughs> and tomorrow, I'm riding the bus. <laughs> oh. Come on, you're gonna like this movie, I'm telling you already. If you've seen the movie, you know this, but, but Hidden Figures is a, it's based on a true story. It's got three main characters, and you saw them in that initial clip, uh, Catherine Johnson, Dorothy Vaughn, and Mary Jackson. And these three African-American women, they worked for NASA in the late 1950s and the early part of 1960s. And, and they were, they were, and this is true, they were the brains behind one of the greatest achievements in the last century which was launching astronaut John Glenn into space. Now, you could imagine that, that yeah, I think that's worth a round of applause. And you're, you're going to see throughout uh, this week the intelligence of these women and also their faith in God and how they faced every challenge head on. And I'm telling you that in order to get an astronaut into space, the challenges were extraordinary. Uh, there were all kinds of complications that would prevent them from successfully launching and recovering a rocket or an astronaut in outer space. And, and that's where our story picks up. So enjoy clip number two of Hidden Figures. Show me. No, exactly. Approaching 7,400 miles per hour. Lewis is up to 
megaton RDS-37 thermonuclear warhead drops down in the middle of Des Moines. Well, that's a pretty big jump, sir. What? Just that... that, that Who's that, he? Paul Stafford, our lead engineer, Mr. Webb. I think what he meant to say is that speculation, at least on our side of the equation, by definition, can be just a little dangerous. Dangerous? You know what's dangerous, Mr. Stafford? Inaction and indecision. The Russians a spy satellite lapping the planet. The president is demanding an immediate response. No more delay. Alan Shepard, John Glenn, your Uncle Bob, it doesn't matter. Get us up there, Harrison. We can't justify a space program that doesn't put anything in space. The movie is set during a time in our country where racial division and discrimination was a, a blatant reality. As a matter of fact, I watched this movie when it first came out, and as I sat back and watched, I couldn't help but allow some emotion to stir up with inside of me. Now, today's my birthday. I'm only 39 years old, and, and I haven't seen as much as many of you have seen, and I know that we live in a country that still deals with the, uh, the sin and stupidity of racism. And I know that we've got a lot of work to do, but, but it blows me away that just within my parents' lifetime that my African-American brothers and sisters would be treated with such disregard and such disrespect. I didn't grow up in that world where I had to watch my brothers and sisters be forced to ride in the back of a bus or drink from a different water fountain or use a different bathroom. And, and all of that was simply because of the pigmentation of their skin color. The last time I checked, God made all of us, red, yellow, black, 
and white. Come on, if you're going to clap, let's do it well. And the truth is this, that type of discrimination was and is and will always be wrong. It's wrong. It was wrong then. It's wrong today. And if it continues, it'll be wrong tomorrow. And I'm just going to throw this out here. But at Go Church, this is a diverse church where everybody is welcome from all around the world. Come on and give me a good amen right there. Yeah. At the same time, I watched this movie and my emotions were filled with, with, with pride. That I was so proud of these women because these women, they, they were stepping up into their destiny. That they were, they were trying to figure out a way to navigate through the challenges and the difficulties of being an African-American in the late 1950s, early 60s, but pursuing their God-given dreams through the gifts, talents, and abilities that was put on the inside of them. And eventually, one of the characters, one of the main characters, Katherine Johnson, she's promoted. I mean, this is unheard of. She gets a promotion, and her new title, watch this, is The Computer, because she's so brilliant. And they recognize that if they're going to get astronaut John Glenn into outer space, they need this woman's intelligence. And so they promote her as the computer. And I want you to see this. So now she's in charge of this task group. But her promotion, as you're about to see, was not as accepted by everybody as you might think it is. Check out this next clip. Skirts must be worn past the knee. Sweaters are preferred to blouses. No jewelry. A simple pearl necklace is the exception. Your supervisor is Mr. Al Harrison, director of the space test group. You'll write research, proof calculation, and so forth. Do not talk to Mr. Harrison unless he talks to you. Not many computers last more than a few days. He's been through a dozen in as many months. Come on, keep up. Things move fast around here. Your clearance. They've never had a colored in here before, Catherine. Don't embarrass me. wasn't emptied last night. I'm sorry, I'm not the custodian. Excuse me, ma'am. Mr. Harrison's computer reporting. Take the desk in the back. I'll get you working in a bit. Mr. Harrison won't warm up to you. Don't expect it. Do your work. Keep your head down. Thank you. Go on. Get settled. One of the things that you're already learning and seeing is that Catherine and the other ladies were not going to be held back by small, petty thinking. As a matter of fact, they were refusing to let someone's opinion of them detour their destiny. Now, this movie is primarily about the challenges of racism in that era and then also them accomplishing just an incredible feat. But all of us, we face types of adversity, don't we? 
And I thought I'd just drop by on this Sunday morning to tell somebody that you too should not let somebody's opinion about you keeping you from pursuing everything that God has placed on the inside of you. As a matter of fact, and I don't know who this is encouraging, but you need to live your life for an audience of one. His name is Jesus. And it is the opinion of Jesus that is the only opinion that really matters. And anytime you try to accomplish greatness in your lifetime, listen to me, there will always be haters. There's always going to be people that don't want you to be successful and they don't want you to succeed. But if you can just tap into the same type of determination that these ladies had and said, hey, you and your thought about me and your opinion of me will not define my destiny. God made me on purpose. He made me for purpose. And I plan to live out that purpose. Come on, anybody with me? Yeah. And when I watched this movie, I started to think about you. I really did. And I started to think about me, and I started to think about how God has this big life planned for us. I don't know if you've ever found your season where you've asked this question, is this all there is? I mean, is there more? And the answer to the first part, is this all there is, is no, there, there's always more. As a matter of fact, if you're, if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, then you serve a God that is a God of more. God has this wonderful plan for your life. And here's what he's saying. He says, look, I've got this big plan for you, but the big thing that I want to do for you and in you can't fit into the space that you currently have. So I, I need you to make some room for me to work. And let me show you a scripture that will back this up. It's Isaiah 54, verse number 2. And the Bible says this, enlarge the place of your dwelling. Stretch your tent curtains wide and do not hold back. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. So everything about that verse tells us that God wants us to increase. That God wants to do more. He says, I've got this big life that I want you to live, but I can't fit what I want to do in the space that you're giving me. So I need you to enlarge the place. I need you to stretch your tent curtains wide. I'm telling you, church, God is calling every single one of us to do more. And in the same way, God wants you to live this wide open life. Listen, not letting anybody hold you back. Don't let, any, don't let anybody hold you back. God has given you talents and abilities. He's put a calling on the inside of you. He's placed an anointing on you. God believes in you. You ought to believe in yourself. And what everybody else says really doesn't matter. Come on now. If you, if you still don't believe me, look at this verse, Jeremiah 29, 11. You've been around church for a while. You've heard it or you read it. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. They're plans to prosper you. Does anybody receive that? Yes. that? That the plans are not to harm you. The plans are to give you hope and to give you a future. Let me just say something here because we all got dreams. We all want to accomplish something. Don't, don't let doubters keep you from your destiny. Don't, don't let fear keep you from your future. Step into what God has for you. And just like the ladies in this movie, listen to me. You're the only one that can step into your God-given future. But stepping into that future will always, always be difficult. I'm going to show you this third clip. This clip is a little longer, but it's my, if you hang in there and watch it from beginning to the end, you'll see why it's my favorite clip within the entire movie. Check out this third clip, and I pray the Lord just speaks to you here. Come on now. 
these other numbers, Mr. Hanson, Yes, I'm absolutely... Excuse me. May I ask where the ladies' room is? Sorry, I have no idea where your bathroom is. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Where's that girl with the number? On a break. We'll take breaks now? Sometimes my mind does. When I'm running, I don't want no free ride. I'm just sick and tired of running. Together we fly. My God, where have you been? Are you finished yet? Uh, almost. <clears throat> he said by the end of the day. The end of the day around here was yesterday. I need those done first. He wants those done first. Okay. Get going. Give me the cape on the line. Shepard's trajectories need to be updated. Wow. Where is she?
Everywhere I look, you're not where I need you to be. It's not my imagination. Now, where you go every day? To the bathroom, sir. To the bathroom. To the bathroom. For 40 minutes a day? What are you doing there? We're T-minus zero here. I put a lot of faith in you. There's no bathroom for me here. What do you mean there's no bathroom for you here? There is no bathroom. There are no colored bathrooms in this building or any building outside the West Campus, which is half a mile away. Did you know that? I have to walk to Timbuktu just to relieve myself. And I can't use one of the handy bikes. Picture that, Mr. Harrison. My uniform, skirt below my knees, my heels, and a simple string of pearls. Well, I don't own pearls. Lord knows you don't pay colors enough to afford pearls. And I work like a dog, day and night, living off a of coffee from a pot none of you want to touch. Excuse me if I have to go to the restroom a few times a day. I'm gonna give you three words today and it might be the three most spiritual words you hear in this whole message. So I want you to write them down. You go girl. Come on now. You go girl. That's why it's my favorite part because enough is enough. Come on. And I don't know if you felt the same way but man, when I'm watching that clip, I'm just, I'm cheering her on that she finally stands up to her boss and she finally stands up to all of the other people in that room and telling them all the things that she's been going through because of what they're putting her through. Listen to me. It's foolish that she has to run a half a mile to go to the bathroom. It's foolish that she has to use a different bathroom altogether. It's crazy to me that she has to drink coffee from a different coffee pot. Listen to me. I don't know what this does to your heart, but somebody needs to know this. Racism in every shape or form is wrong. It was wrong then, and it's wrong today. Come on. Watch this. Racism is not a skin issue. It's a sin issue. I'm telling you. You heard me tell this story before, but one time somebody told me after church, they said, I ain't going to heaven if there are black people there. And I said, well, you ain't got nothing to worry about. You ain't going to heaven either, man. You ain't, you ain't going. So you ain't got nothing to worry. You be left behind. <laughs> Racism is incredibly incongruent with who God is. It goes against his character. It, it goes against his nature. It, it goes against his, his word. I mean, if, if you've ever read this Bible from Genesis to Revelation, you learn that God tells us how, and I feel so emotional, but how, how we ought to treat people. How we ought to treat people. It tells us all throughout the scripture that, that we are made in the image of God. 
that, that God so loved the world that he gave his son Jesus for every single one of us. He's not, he's not a God of just the Asians or a God of just the Indians or, or a God of just the white. It doesn't work that way. He's a God of all people and of all nations. And when he hung on that cross, his blood was shed for me and for you so that we could inherit eternal, everlasting life. I'm preaching better than you're helping me. Come on now. And here's, here's, what, here's what blows me away is that in this era, all of this was acceptable. It was okay. I mean, even the laws of the land empowered white people to treat African-American people with disrespect and with disregard. And here's what I want you to see with that thought. Watch this. Just because culture says something is right doesn't mean it's right. Just because the law says something is right does not mean it's right. As a matter of fact, Romans chapter 13 says that we ought to obey the laws of the land. So when then can we go against the laws of the land? It's easy. We can go against the laws of the land when the laws of the land go against the law of the word. Come on now. When the word of God, that's when we stand up. I wish I had time to preach, but there's more movie clips. But I feel the fire of the Holy Spirit on the inside of me. This is exactly what happened with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. King Nebuchadnezzar said the law is to bow down and worship this God. And they said, hey, throw us in the fire because the God we serve is able to rescue us. They changed their name. They changed their language. They changed their literature. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they complied until the law went against the word of God. And I've just stopped by to tell somebody that there are still laws in our land that say we ought to do and we ought to obey this. But if it doesn't line up with the book, then it's not okay. Come on. Hey. I got to move. John 8, 32, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Watch this. It says you will know the truth, not a truth, not some, what someone says is true or what they think is true, but listen to me. There is a truth. There is a truth, and when we know that truth, and when we live out that truth, it brings a freedom. Somebody say freedom to every part of your life. And it is that truth. Remember, it's Jesus. Jesus is the one that taught us this. Love your neighbors as yourself. All of them. It was Jesus who taught us this. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That, that is the basis of the foundation of our faith in Christ Jesus, to love people the way that Jesus loves people. Come on, that's a great place to pause and just give Jesus some thanks. Come on. All right, check out this next clip. We'll keep moving. Enjoy.
No more white restrooms. Just plain old toilets. Go wherever you please. Preferably closer to your desk. Here at NASA, we all pay the same color. Mary Jackson, petition to attend courses at Hampton High School. Good morning, Your Honor. Hampton High School is a white school, Mrs. Jackson. Yes, Your Honor, I'm aware of that. Virginia, still a segregated state, regardless of what the federal government says, regardless of what Supreme Court says, our law is the law. Your Honor, if I may, I believe there are special circumstances to be considered. What would warrant a colored woman attending a white school? May I approach your bench, sir? Your Honor, you of all people should understand the importance of being first. How's that, Mrs. Jackson? Well, you were the first in your family to serve in the armed forces, U.S. Navy. The first to attend university, George Mason. And the first state judge to be recommissioned by three consecutive governors. You've done some research. Yes, sir. What's the point? The point is, Your Honor, no Negro woman in the state of Virginia has ever attended an all-white high school. It's unheard of. Yeah, unheard of. And before Alan Shepard sat on top of a rocket, no other American had ever touched space. And now he will forever be remembered as the U.S. Navy man from New Hampshire, the first to touch the stars. And I, sir, I plan on being an engineer at NASA. But I can't do that without taking them classes at that all-white high school. And I can't change the color of my skin. So I have no choice but to be the first. Which I can't do without you, sir. Your Honor, out of all the cases you're gonna hear today, which one is gonna matter a hundred years from now? Which one is gonna make you the first? night classes, Mrs. Jackson. Ladies, we've been reassigned. Leave your calculators. You won't need them where we're going.
Welcome, ladies. What I love so much about this movie is that these ladies were fighters. And all throughout the movie, they had to fight to overcome the adversity of racism. They had to fight to prove themselves. They had to fight for the promotion, et cetera, and so on. And, and I just want to encourage somebody that you need to fight too. You, you, got, you got to keep fighting as well. Now, your challenge may not be in the area of racism, but we, but we all got trouble. We all face stuff. You've heard me preach this scripture before, but Jesus said in John 16, he says, here on earth you're going to have trouble. He says, but you can take heart because I have overcome the world. And I, I just pray that the Holy Spirit would rise up on the inside of you and that you would understand that you possess a power to fight, to fight, to fight for whatever it is that you're up against. And Jesus reminds us, and this one verse, he reminds us that this world is not heaven. And he says, hey, because this isn't heaven, then you can expect to face problems. You can expect to face adversity. You can expect to face trouble. And he says you can expect the battle, expect hardship, just don't let it take you out. Yeah. Just don't let it take you out. Here's a great verse to encourage you. Isaiah 54 says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on. This means this. That no matter what the devil tries to throw at you, that when you are a child of God, you are an overcomer. And when you are in Christ, every plan, every plot, every scheme that the enemy has positioned against you, it will fail. Come on now. It will fail. And if we can learn anything from the character of these women in hidden figures, if we can learn anything from the nature of these three women, they never gave up. Never gave up. Even when it seemed impossible, even when they were exhausted, it took long hours. It took unbelievable sacrifice and commitment, but they never gave up on their dream. They never gave up on their destiny. And I know that some of you, you feel exhausted and you feel overwhelmed and you feel like quitting with whatever it is, but hear me, don't give up today because that miracle might be tomorrow. One more clip. And then we'll finish this message for the day. Enjoy. The IBM's been spot on up to this point, John, but we'll run it again, see what it comes up with. Look, I'm going to be honest with you, Al. When I fly, I fly the machine. And right now, it seems like this machine's flying me. We're on the same page, John. Our guys are on it. Let's get the girl to check the numbers. The girl? Yes, sir. You mean Catherine? Yes, sir. The smart one. I mean, she says they're good. I'm ready to go. All right, we'll get into it. Roger. Sam. Go find Catherine Goble. She needs to verify Glenn's go, no-go, or we're staying on the ground. Yes, sir. Catherine Goebel. It's Catherine Johnson now. They need you to verify these coordinates. <laughs> All right, give us some space so to work. As we await Colonel John Glenn's launch, a truly historic day for America. 
The country has waited for several months through many failed unmanned Atlas rocket tests and 10 scheduled manned attempts, which were canceled for various mechanical or system complications. Even the weather All the final tests and checks are being conducted. John Glenn is ready to board the French Ship 7. But today, we remain truly optimistic, and it's a go day in all regards. The capsule is ready. The rocket itself is A-OK, -okay, and the weather here at Cape Canaveral is Anything perfect from Langley? for flight conditions. Not yet. We are being told that the mission control at NASA is conducting a final check of the launch and recovery coordinates, including the go-no-go -no -go calculations, so crucial to a safe and successful launch and recovery. After years of waiting and months of delays, Colonel Glenn is finally ready for that space flight that we've been waiting for with so much anticipation. could indicate a hesitancy on NASA's behalf, but let us say without reservation that the safety of Colonel John Glenn is paramount to the mission and to the nation itself. No, sir, we're still a go. Yes, sir. This is Langley. We have the coordinates confirmed. Stand by, Langley. We can confirm the go-no-go no go point for re-entry is 16.11984 degrees latitude, minus 165.2356 degrees longitude. The launch window is a go. The landing coordinates match. Well, that is very good news, Al. It's uh, a little hard to trust something you can't look in the eyes. That's right, Colonel. Catherine did manage to calculate a few decimal points further than that hunk of metal. Well, I will take every digit you got. Be sure to thank her for me. Gentlemen, let's launch this rocket. Good luck, Friendship 7. Godspeed, Langley. Here at Cape Canaveral, the countdown has resumed as Colonel John Glenn is now aboard the Friendship 7 high above the Atlas rocket on pad 14, a height of over 93 feet. So far... My condition is good. That was a real fireball, boy. Roger that. Let's get you all the way home. Roger that. Here's hoping these landing corners still hold. Approaching 16.11984. Roger. Uh, approaching minus 165.2356. In three, two, one. Engaging shoots. Beautiful shit. How are we looking, Capcom? Your go, no go is good. Landing coordinates are spot on, 7. Roger that, Capcom. I have always wanted to swim in the Bahamas. Over. <laughs> John Glenn has splashed down and is being recovered. John Glenn has splashed down safely and is being recovered by the USS Noah. Catherine. Nice work. You too, Mr. Harrison. So, um, you think we can get to the moon? We're already there, sir. <laughs> Don't you enjoy the movie? Come on, it's so good.
The title of the movie is Hidden Figures. And the reason is, is because of the people behind the scenes, the people that were hidden, the people that, let's be honest, before you saw the movie or before you sat in this gathering today, you never even heard of these ladies. And yet, although hidden behind the scenes, they were critical to the success of this mission. John, John Glenn never would have got into space without the help of these ladies, at least not in that time and on that day. And it makes me think about the reality of what's seen and what's unseen. I want you to write this thought down. What happens in the unseen is what makes the seen possible. Do you catch that? So what, what you can't even see is what really makes what you see a reality. Well, let me put it to you like this. Take my nose for an illustration. It's, it's kind of hard to miss and it's one, it's one of the features on my body that I don't, I don't like the best. Maybe you thought about a body part of yours that you thought were a little different. But if something happened to my nose, I could still live. Now, it wouldn't be a pretty sight, and, and it would be uncomfortable, and there would be great challenges. But if something happened to my nose, I, I could still function. But if something happened to my heart, I'm done. If something happened to a lung... And that's a different set of challenges, and I may no longer exist, because why? Because what is unseen is more important than what you can see. See, here's the truth. You're not, you're not just a, a human that, that has a soul. You're actually a soul that is having a human experience. You're, you're more than just head, shoulders, knees, and toes. You have a soul, you have a spirit, and, and one day all of this that we see is going to disappear. It's going to age, and eventually we're going to die. I woke up with that thought this morning on my birthday. I wonder how many more birthdays I got. But the soul, what you can't see, lives on forever. So this body will grow frail and we won't be able to, to be as active as we once were. And there will be challenges as we age. And eventually, again, this body will wither. And James says it like this. He says, life is but a mist. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. And what we see will all end. But what we can't see, that soul, will live on. What are you doing about that? I like to close every message with a question. And this is the most important question that anybody could ever ask you. Where are you going to spend eternity? <laughs> ah, when all this is over. Because this world is not our home. And what we see is not all there is. We will all stand before God one day. We'll give account for every action and every word that we've spoken. And in that moment, will you hear, well done. You were good and you were faithful and you, you took care of the soul. I got one birthday wish because I know most of y'all didn't give me nothing. <laughs> Say yes to Jesus. Not for me. Say yes to Jesus. 
Because when you say yes, when you take care of the unseen today, I'm telling you, you'll watch God work in your life in ways you thought you would never see. Take care of the unseen, and he'll do things through you and in you that you never thought you could see. I've got to close. Our worship teams are coming both campuses. Our campus pastors are transitioning at both locations. Every head bowed for just a moment and consider this question. Where will you spend eternity?